All right, so we're moving along, and we are up to Daf Chaf Hay in Meseches Megillah, the twenty-fifth Daf. Uh, it's actually twenty-fourth Daf because we started on Daf Beis, but Megillah Daf Chaf Hay, and this is the final Daf in our Perak, in the third Perak. We're going to be Bez Hashem finishing up the Perak today. We will go back and pick up with the very bottom word of on Chaf Dalid Amud Beis twenty four B. There's one word in the new Mishnah which is Haomer, one who says. All right, we all have the place. Let us get going. If somebody says good people should bless Hashem, which means here's the issue with the statement that when we dive into Hashem. It should be like a click. You know what a click is? You know, when, when kids make clicks in their class, you know? It should be like a click of good people. It's not kedai. It's not worthwhile having anybody who's a sinner, wicked people with us when we daven in front of Hashem. So the person says, The good people should be the ones who daven. People who aren't good, eh, not so important if they're there. This is minus. This is heresy. This is apikarsis. Yeah, it is. Because we know as Klal Yisrael, and we discussed this about how a minion is even known, right? It's from a group of spies who sin. That when we stand in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's supposed to be everybody. Interestingly, on Yom Kippur, how do we start out? We say, Kol Nidrei right? What do we say right before Kol Nidre? Al Das HaMokom, Val Das HaKahol, Yeshiva Shal Mala, Yeshiva Shal Mata, Upper Yeshiva, Lower Yeshiva, Anu Matirin Lehispalel Imha Avaryanim. We will daven with the sinners. Everybody, every Jew, every, no matter what we're doing, we're all coming together on this holiest day of the year to stand in front of Hashem. Somebody says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God, have mercy on us the same way you have mercy on the birds. Meaning that it's really more about mercy than anything else. Or a person says, Hashem, we want to remember your name for the good things that you do. Or a person says, Thank you, thank you. On all these situations, Mishaskinoso, we quiet him. We say, excuse me, excuse me, mister, don't talk like that. Don't say only the, the good people should bless Hashem. Don't say that Hashem only has mercy on the birds. Don't say that Hashem's name should be remembered when you, when you decide that good things happen. And don't say, modim, modim, thank you, thank you, when it seems to imply that you're thinking two entities. These are all things that you got to refrain from. Styles of prayer. You got to refrain from these styles of davening and statements. Hamachana ba'arayis. A person who is mechana gives nicknames, okay, to arayis, to prohibitions. Mishaskino, so we also quiet him down. Meaning, when a person takes words of the Torah that are meant to be taken literally and decides to change them around. Okay, decides to change them around. The example Rashi gives is when we say Ervas Avicha the Ervas Imcha, do not uncover the nakedness of your mother and father. It literally means not to have relations with them. But if a person says, Oh, don't disrespect them, don't don't embarrass them, that's what it means don't uncover. Don't uncover their actions. Mishaskino, so we say, listen, don't say that. Because people are gonna start thinking that that's the noob shot. That that's the new understanding. Just that you shouldn't embarrass your parents in public. And they're going to they're, they're gonna move away from the literal translation. Therefore, you shouldn't say such a thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Somebody else says, a statement of, of this is a Pasuk in the Torah. From your children, you should not pass it over to Molech. What, what, what is Molech? These were one of the... Uh, these are one of the Abu Dazaras, this, the idol worship. People would take their firstborn child and have them walk through a fire, and that child generally would get burnt up. And this is how they sacrificed their children to their gods. So a person says, You should not give your children over to Molech. You know what it means? Do not give your, uh, your um, 
unborn baby, the Uber, the Armayusa, into a Armenian woman, a non-Jewish woman. In other words, a person says, instead of the idol worship, he says, you know what it means? Don't give your children over, don't have relations that can lead to pregnancy with a non-Jewish woman. That's how he wants to translate it. Instead of it being literal of Odazara, it's don't have relations with a non-Jewish woman. The halacha is, you we talk about him very strong. We silence him, we quiet him down, Benazifa, with authority. All right? And we say, that's not what it means. You're right. It's forbidden to intermarry, and it's forbidden to have relations with a non-Jewish woman, but it's important to not change what the Torah means. And what the Torah here means is, do not give your children over to worship Avodah Zarah. And if you want to finagle it and give a noob shot, that's not true, and therefore you should not be saying that. As one of my rabbeim once shared with me so poignantly, be very careful, because anybody can find a Devar Torah to back up their agenda. People can quote the, can take a pasuk and, you know, and twist it and make, oh, now look, look what it says. If it's not part of the way that that, that pasuk is meant to be interpreted, don't start making up new ideas. Before you know it, you're going to have a 614th mitzvah. Thou shall wear a black hat. What are you, what are you, you're going to make up new things. You're going to make up new, new mitzvahs, new halachas. You want to have, as we're going to see on today's daf, you want to have customs and you want to have, you want to have things. Fine, seder. But it's important to know what's what. Don't start twisting verses into meaning something that it doesn't. Okay, very important mission. Says the Gemara. It makes sense if somebody says, thank you, thank you. It seems like you're talking to two different entities. So we quiet you down. Right? It appears like you're saying thank you to two different entities. And when somebody says, Hashem, your name should be remembered for good. Nami, we understand why you should silence him. You know why? It seems to imply, on good things in, you should praise Hashem. But things that are bad, lie. You shouldn't praise Hashem. And that's incorrect. Why? Says the Gemara, Utnan, because the Mishnah teaches us, we learned in the Mishnah, Adam al A person is supposed to say, Baruch Hashem. Even when things that seem to be bad happen to us. The same way we bless Hashem for good things. Okay, so we understand why we quiet a person down for saying you should only be remembered for good. It's not true. <coughs> we remember Hashem even for things that seem, to, that seem to be bad. So now here's the Gemara's question. The Mishnah said, a per, Hashem's mercy should extend to the birds, right? The halacha is, you have a, a mother bird on the eggs, you send away the mother bird before taking the egg. Says the Gemara. When a person says you should have mercy on Klau Yisrael, the same way you have mercy on the mother bird and you want her to be sent away, my taimo, what's the reason why we quiet him? What's wrong with such a statement? Says the Gemara, two possible issues. There's two Amuratim from Eretz Yisrael who argued over what the issue is. And here's, here are the two possible issues. Rabbi Yaisi Bar Oven, Rabbi Yaisi Bar Zvida. One of them was Rabbi Yaisi Bar Oven, the son of Oven. One was Rabbi Yaisi, the son of Zvida. One says, here's the issue. Because it makes kina, it makes jealousy in my sabrashas. What does that mean? It seems to imply Hashem only cares about the bird. Because this halacha of sending away a mother bird before taking the egg only applies to birds. If a person was going to slaughter a baby, the halacha is you're not allowed to slaughter a mother and child in the same day. But if you're taking a baby to the slaughterhouse, do you have to send away the mother bird? No, you don't have to send away the mother bird. You take the baby and you take it off. To, you, know, to, uh, you, you take it off the shachtit. So if you're going to start, it says one issue is that people are going to start saying, oh, Hashem has mercy on birds, but not on cows. Yeah? What, what, what does that mean? No, it's, it must be a unique halacha, but it's not, it's not here to give me that message. Otherwise, it should apply across the board. Techad Amar. And the other opinion is, what is the issue? You're limiting the midah of Hashem to be mercy. And really, the enam elagzerus. 
really everything that Hashem does is a gezerah, is a decree that we cannot fully fathom, period. And it's very important, it's very important to not start to view Hashem like He's our employee who's here to give mercy on everything. There's times where things in life happen that are not easy. There are people in other religions that view God, they view Hashem, whether it's our Hashem or whether they make up their own, you know, their own Avodah Zarah, however it is. But oh, there's the, it's it's only it's only nice and everything is wonderful and everything. Eh? And we realize as Klal Yisrael that everything has a rhyme and a reason and ultimately is for the good. But to say that Hashem only works with mercy. That's not true. If we were to say Hashem only works with mercy, you know, you know what that would, you know what that would uh, say? That a Jew could do whatever they want. I could do whatever I want because God is a God of mercy and he'll be merciful on me anyway. And Hashem says, no, that's not really how the relationship works. I love you and because I love you, you can't be spoiled. And there's times where unfortunately there's going to be things that happen in our lives that are going to have to awaken us to bring us closer to Him. And it's not always, at least on the surface, mercy. It's because it's just the way that it has to be. And we have to realize this in our avodas Hashem. Otherwise, we're going to start taking advantage of Hashem's love, and that's unhealthy. Okay. That's the other opinion. Short story. There was somebody who went to lead from the Umud in front of Rabbah, Omar, and the person said, this is how he led the davening. Ata you Hashem, chasta you have rachmanus, you have mercy. Al kan on the bird of the nest. Ata chus please have mercy on us. The same thing that our Mishnah said not to say. Meaning, al chasta al osub es ata chus you also have rachmanus on mothers and children, animals, you're not allowed to shech them the same day, so to have rachmanus on us. This is the way that this person was talking. Omar Rabbah. Rabbah, the Rabbah the Shul says, Ah, this guy knows how to daven. Look, he knows how to awaken the mercy of Hashem. Omar Le Abaye. Abaye says to Rabbah, um, Rabbi Rabbah, huh, remember the Mishnah? We learned in the Mishnah that we, we should silence him. He should be quiet, question mark. Says the Gemara, you're right. The Rabbah, this is a beautiful answer. Why did Rabbah say it was a good thing? L'chadudeh means to sharpen. He said this to sharpen Abaye, who this is what he wanted. Rabbah knew all along that the Chazid is not supposed to daven like this. But the guy got up here like he's a grace of Kanaker. He's going to arouse Hashem's mercy. Yeah, so a guy's doing an Avera, he's doing something forbidden, but he's standing there like he's, psh, look, look how religious I am. So, Rabbah turns to Abai, he's like, Abai, psh, check this guy out. Ooh, ah, this guy knows how to daven. Abai's like, Rabbah, hello? <laughs> Remember the Mishnah? This guy's off his rocker. Rabbah's like, yeah, I know, I know. I, I'm, I'm just making a point. Yeah, my, my point is, he, he, he looks good, and he sounds good, but what he's saying is not good. And I'm glad you and I'm glad you caught on to that. Okay. Another story. <coughs> there was somebody who was leading the davening in front of Rabbi Khanina. Omar, here's what he said in his davening. Hokel Hagodol. So far, so good, right? We're familiar with this with Shmonesri. Hokel Hagodol, the great Hashem, Hagibar, strong, Bahanaira, uh, awesome. And then what do we say? Kel Elyon, right? But what he say, what this guy say? Ha'adir, ooh, Adir, elevated, the chazok and strong, the amits and standing his ground. Wow, what a powerful Hashem. Look, ooh, he's adding in his own words. So Omar Lay, Rabbi Hanina said to this chazan who's, you know, taking his time up there and adding in all these praises to Hashem. Um, excuse me. Say, yamtinu de maruch. Uh, are you, you you done yet? Uh, uh, have have you said all the praises of Hashem? That that that's it. You're all done. There's nothing else to praise Hashem about. Hashta hani It says the Gemara 
Now, there's three words in our Shmones, right? We say, Hagadol Hagibar Bahanais. That's what we say, okay? We have three words. Elav, if not for, if not for Moshe having used these words in the Torah, the Asu Knesset Hagadola, and the men of the great assembly came along, and established it in davening, he says to this chazan, Anan, us, davening today, lo we would not even say, because who are we? Who are we to start saying, oh God, you're so great, you know how great you are, and start talking. Who are we to talk about the greatness of Hashem? We can't fathom the greatness of the Almighty. Ba'at, he tells this chazan, and you, Lo amrinon va'at amrit kulehai. You're adding in your own words. You're saying all these things. Let me tell you what you're doing. He says you're trying to be amazing and you're trying to be all religious and you're praise for Hashem. But Marshall, you are a parable. La adam to a person. Shahayolo elaf alfei alafim dinarizav. The guy's got billions and billions and billions of dollars. Vahayu mekalsin I say. And people are praising this guy. Ooh, he has a $50 bill. Isn't it a disgrace for him? Period. Rabbi Hanina is teaching this chazan an important message. Don't add more than the sages allow us to add. Because the moment you think you're cool on your own, you're actually causing a bigger detriment. Because there's no, once you pop, you don't stop. There, 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 there's no end. There's no end. And we have to be very careful within our davening and within the way that we view Hashem's relationship with the world, that it's limited to the way that Chazal wants our mind space to be. Both with Hashem's mercy, our relationship with Hashem, and the words of praise that we use with the Rebbein Yishev. Amr Rabbi Hanin, Rabbi Hanina says, a beautiful statement, an important statement. Hakol bidei shamayim. Everything ultimately is decided by Hashem. Chutz mi'ira shamayim. We've heard this before, right? Well-known statement. Except for our ability to choose right from wrong. A person's health. Whether we're tall, whether we're short, whether we're smart, whether we're not smart, whether... Uh, uh, and everything, every, all the circumstances, a person's family, a person's upbringing, a person's experiences in life. Hashem put us at... What is in our control to choose right from wrong? At any stage of the game, even once we make a wrong decision, we still have the Bechirah to choose right from wrong, even if we messed ourselves up and put us into this situation. Shenemar, as it says, Va'ata Yisrael, and now Yisrael. <coughs> what does Hashem your God want from you? If only to fear. That's all, that's all we're asking for. Right? All Hashem wants you to do is fear Him. That's it. Ask the Gemara, oh, that's it? Mechlal, this seems to imply fearing Hashem is an easy thing. It's a small thing. That's not true. Yeah, to live a God-fearing life, it's an ongoing service. What do you mean that's all Hashem asks? Answers the Gemara in, this is, it's a true statement. You know why? When you're on the level of Moshe and you understand Hashem, Taka, not a big deal. It's a small thing. How so? Mashal, it's a parable. You want to borrow from somebody a, a big expensive vessel, and he has it. Once you have something for a while, this applies to anything. You go and buy a new car. You go buy a new car. After you have the car for six months, is it such a big deal anymore? No, not such a big deal. Right? First, you make it has a big expense. Once you have it, it becomes minimized. It becomes a small matter. However, cut on the inlo, a small person who doesn't have even a small thing, oh, if only I would have that, right? It becomes chashuv. And therefore, to Moshe Rabbeinu, and therefore to Moshe Rabbeinu, where he achieved Yirashamayim, he says, eh, what is it? You know, Baruch Hashem. I mean, this is what everybody should be doing. It's an, easy, it's an easy thing because he had it. Since he owned it, so to him became a Dover Cotton. But you're right, for us that are constantly, we don't yet have full ownership <coughs> Excuse me, of this idea. Um, 
So to us, it is a big deal. Rabbaran just uh, uh, chatted me. He would like the, today's learning to be Le'iloi Nishmas, his uncle's, his uncle's yard site, Baruch Benvit Ben Rabbaran. So the, our learning today should be an aliyah for Rabbaran's, uh, Rabbaran's uncle. The family should have a nechama, a comfort. Okay, now I want to share a, a beautiful idea also on this pasuk. You know, we could ask for ourselves, if the very nice to Moshe, it's a small thing, but to us it's a big deal. So why does the pasuk write it like that? The pasuk writes it, now what does Hashem ask from you? Eh, just to fear him and to follow in his ways and to love him. It goes like a whole list. Yeah? I once heard a beautiful thought that... Um, it's not, it, 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 it really should be a big deal, right? So the thought's like this. The first word of the Pasuk says, Va'ata, and now Yisrael. The word Va'ata is the answer. Because when a Jew lives for the now, for this, these five minutes, can you learn Torah? For these five minutes, can you fear Hashem? Can you love Hashem? Can you do, make the right choices? The answer is, yeah, we can all handle that. Then it's talking not a big deal. The problem is we get overwhelmed by the long term. We're like, listen, <laughs> you know, maybe I can fear Hashem for the next hour. But for the next five years, next 50 years, the next six months, it's too much. Right? That's a, that's a big ask. So what does Hashem say? I, I, I'm not asking for that. I'm, I'm not asking for the next year. I'm not asking for the next 50 years. You know what I'm asking you to do? Now. Va'ata Yisrael. Now, Klal Yisrael. Ma'ashem lekech Hashem mi'imach. I'm just asking you for the next five minutes. Fear, love, be in a relationship with me. And in five minutes from now, I'll ask you again. That's true. It's true I'll ask you five minutes from now. But that's it. When you take things step by step, you take life one step at a time, it, it then... It doesn't get overwhelming, and when we look back at the big picture, it, it turns into a tremendous merit to have lived a lifestyle where we are connected and, and one with Hashem. Omar of Zera. Rav Zera says, Ha'omer Shema Shema, a person who says Shema Shema Ka'omer Modem Modem Dami. You're not supposed to say it. You shouldn't say the word Shema twice. You should quiet him down. Maybe that's a challenging question. Hakoriya Shema Bakopla, a person reads Shema and repeats it again. Hareza Meguna. It's a, it's, it's a low thing to do. Now, it seems it's wrong. That's really Maguna. Maguna means it's, it's wrong. It's the wrong thing to do. Maguna who, Dahave, says the Gemara, it seems to be wrong. Shtuke lo It doesn't seem that we have to silence him. By modem, modem, we silence him. Rav Zera says, by Shema, Shema, you silence you. We silence him. But the Brisa seems to imply it's wrong. But just because it's wrong, every time somebody does something wrong, doesn't mean you have to open your mouth. Right? You don't necessarily have to silence him. It says Gemara Lokasha, there's no question here. It depends. Where do we say it's a Dabar Maguna? That is where a person says like this. Shema, Shema, Yisrael, Yisrael, Hashem. So over there we say, listen, it's a Dabar Maguna. It's a disgraceful thing to do. You're not supposed to say Shema like that. But we don't, we're not going to silence you. You, you, doesn't, it, you. you just sound off. But you're not saying anything that's like heresy. Okay? We're not going to silence you. But the other ones where you read the whole Pasuk already and then you're repeating the whole Pasuk again, then we are going to silence the person down. Because, not because it looks like you're saying, why are you saying Shema twice? It looks like you're talking to two different gods. Maybe the reason why he's repeating the pasuk, or he's repeating the words, because he didn't have kavana. Yeah, he didn't have the. He, didn't, he wasn't thinking properly. So maybe that's why. Why is it a bad thing? He says to him, "You didn't have kavana, and therefore you need to always repeat yourself." Chavrusa klape shemaya is God your chavrusa in yeshiva who you're not really listening to? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. So you're learning with Yechavus in Yeshiva. You give your opinion. While he's saying his opinion, you're listening? No. You're busy trying to formulate your own answer and to prove why you're right. What is he? Hashem Yechavus in Yeshiva? If he didn't think about it the first time, we should hit him with a hammer, 
of a blacksmith, Adam and until he has Kavana, period. In other words, this, should, this cannot become your regular, normal way to daven. All right, we know people don't have Kavana. But if this is becoming like your go-to thing, dude, you better shape up. Because you don't talk to Hashem without, th- without thinking, especially yeah, more than once. You're not going to do that. Period. Okay, two dots. Here we go. A couple of short pieces of, of Gemara before we get to the Mishnah. A person who, when it comes to the forbidden relationships in the Torah, kind of comes up with his own drushas. Tani Reb Yosef, Reb Yosef says, He interprets the nakedness of his mother as father, and father as the klein, the embarrassment. You shouldn't embarrass publicly your mother and your father. So it's a true halacha, but that's not really what the Pasuk means, and therefore you're not allowed to say it. I had somebody just uh, a couple of years ago, um, I had somebody who's called a rabbi tell me, that the reason why same-sex um, relationships are not really forbidden in the Torah, um, he's talking about, and we're talking about by males, because that's, that's when it specifically says that it's forbidden. So the word, in the, the word that the Torah uses is that a, a man who lies with a man, the lying of a woman, a toyevahi. It's a toeva. Toeva means an abomination. So this person told me that to'eva should really be translated as to'eba. The word to'a means it's a mistake. So he says the Torah is not saying that it's forbidden. The Torah is saying that it's not encouraged. It's not encouraged. It's a mistake, but it's not, it's not forbidden. So he took this word in the Torah and he just he changed it around, which is a terrible thing, because as we know, you can have people who have these types of, of desires, and if a person has, let's say these, uh, if you have a male with gay tendencies, this person can earn a place in Shamayim that somebody who doesn't have these tendencies can't achieve, because we don't struggle with, this type of, with, with that type of forbidden desire that he struggles with. But the moment you take this struggle which can really elevate the person to a, a, a very high place if they're able to work with themselves, right? And I, I, I don't wish it on, you know, it's, this, it's, it's a very difficult struggle, certainly a very difficult struggle. But just because somebody has the struggle makes you a bad Jew? No, chas v'shalom. But you just have to learn to control yourself. The moment that a person starts walking around as if now it's a mitzvah, I'm changing the whole shot in the Torah. Now it's a mitzvah. I'm holding a flag. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not even an issue anymore. I'm going to walk around. It's a mitzvah to speak Lashon Hara. That's, ter- that's terrible. To, to change what the words of the Torah actually mean, that, you know, that doesn't give anybody an opportunity for teshuva and a person to, uh, for a person to ultimately even attempt to, to do the right thing. Okay. A person who says, and a, a person that... When the Torah says you should not give your children over to Avodah Zarah of Molech, which was walking them through a fire, this person interprets it means to not have relationships with a non-Jewish woman. Tana Debei Rabbi Shmuel, we learned in the yeshiva of, <coughs> of Rabbi Shmuel, B'Yisrael Haba Alakusis, this is talking about somebody who had relationships with a non-Jewish woman. medaber. And he had a child with her who's not Jewish. This is what the Pasuk's talking about. In other words, this is how this, this person is interpreting the Pasuk, and that's an incorrect interpretation. The interpretation of the Pasuk is pshuto kemashmo, which is don't give your children over to Avodazar. Okay. Period. Next Mishnah. The next Mishnah, <coughs> very interestingly, is going to bring up some parts of the Torah that need proper time to really grasp the meaning and the message of these incidents in the Torah. They can't be learned as dafyomi, so to speak, where we're going through the daf and making sure that we take in as much as possible, but sometimes you pick up pieces here, sometimes there, yeah? There are certain parts of the Torah where you can't just pick up something. You have to get full clarity. And if you're not going to get full clarity, 
it's better off not learning it right now and waiting for the time where you can sit down and fully grasp. Other time, otherwise, you're asking for trouble. Okay? Let's get into this. Says the Mishnah. My Saruven. <coughs> the story of Reuven. That says in, it says in the Parsha, Reuven laid down with Bila, Yaakov's wife. That's what it says. Now we know really, right, really Reuven did not have a relationship with her. Okay? To not have a relationship, it really means he moved the beds. Okay. Now, the story of Reuven, Nikra Velaymetargim. We read it in Hebrew, but we don't interpret it. What does it mean we don't interpret it? If somebody is translating this Pasuk and Shul, don't translate it. Not because we're embarrassed about it. If the Torah writes it, we have to know about it. But because in Shul, you're not going to spend a half hour explaining this Pasuk. Therefore, go learn it at a different time. This is not the time to just give it the translation and then move on and expect people to fully understand. Maisa Tamar. However, the story of Tamar, Nikra, Umetargim. It should be read and translated. Okay? It's the type of thing where the information needed can be understood enough by the one translating the psukim where, okay, even if you don't fully grasp, it's not going to lead to any sort of apikarsis. It's not going to lead to... It's enough. You're, you could translate it in shul. Maisa Egal Arishain The story of the Egal Arishain. <coughs> this, the sin of the golden calf. Nikro, we read it. Umetargim. Okay? Now, again, people are aware enough of this Avera of Kal Yisrael that this is not the time where they're going to be learning it. So you translate it, eh, and either people already know the Pshat, or there's enough within the interpretation. The Hasheni and the, the second Egel, Nikro Velaymetargim. We read it, but there's no, uh, there's no Targum. Okay. Uh, this is talking about by Aaron, referring to Aaron Akai. Okay. Now, the issue is, it's going to seem like an Abu Dazara. It's a lot less uh, understood. That some people are going to translate that the eagle itself brought itself into existence. They might think it itself is a god. And, uh, and it's going to get messed up in the interpretation. Fine. Birchas Kainim. The Birchas Kainim. Yebrecha Hashem Yishmerecha. Maise David Amnon and the story of David, uh, uh, the story of David and Amnon. Nikraim v'leimetargim. Read the pesukim, but v'leimetargim we don't translate it. And these stories, some of us are not familiar with, and even when we're sitting here and learning it, and the Gemara is going to explain to us the story. Ein maftir Markava. We don't take the Markava, the story of the Markava, the chariots and the vision of Yecheskel. We don't put it as a haftira. Rebuta Matir Buddha says you can read it as haftira, even though people are not going to really grasp it during the time that we're reading it. We don't make the haftira out of Haida S Yerushalayim, which discusses a lot of Averis of Klal Yisrael. We leave that out. Tanarabon and the rabbis learn so should we let's get into this. Yesh There's some parts of Taira that are read with the translation at the time. The Yesh Sometimes you read Psukim without the translation at that time. Okay. Now it's not saying not to ever learn it, but this is. But at the time of the reading, we don't we don't get into the translation. The Yesh There are parts that are Leinikram Okay. Now which parts are not read and not translated? That's like um, so. Rashi says David and Amnon. Even though the Mishnah said there it is Nikram Vilay Matargim, we'll get into that. Um Matargim. Belas Akon Nishva Simon. And the way to remember things that are uh, things that are read and translated, things that are not read and not translated, things that are read without translation, is the you could remember it with Bezlam itself, Ayan Kof Nun, Nun Shin. Hey, hey. All right, let's get into this. Maisa Bereshis, Nikra Metargim. The story of Bereshis, Nikra is read, Umetargim. And you translate it. Says the Gemara, yeah, Pshita. What's the issue with creation of the world? Says the Gemara, no. There might be a, a, an issue when you try translating it in the show without getting too in-depth. You know why? 
Some of us may have thought about this. I would have thought to say, People are going to start thinking, what's before Hashem, what's after Hashem. They're going to come into all sorts of, you know, uh, theological types of uh, conversations, which right now, <coughs> when you're going through the Parsha and the Torah, it's the wrong time for it. Go study the Ramban later. You know, we're not going to get into the whole Ramban now. Top of Omer Beis. Umalifnim. We're now on top of Chofi Omer Beis. Malafnim, what's before? Malaachar, what's afterwards? And therefore, I would say maybe it's not the right time to translate. Kamash and therefore the Torah lets us know you don't need to be concerned. It's okay. It's not going to throw anybody off the derech. We'll go learn it afterwards. We'll see. Okay. My salot the story of Lot and his two daughters. After Sodom was destroyed, Lot was out in the cave with his two daughters. He had relations with them. They each had a son. They named them Amon and Moab. So. That story we read and translate. Says Gemara, why not? Right? Okay, Lot did this big deal. Says Gemara, Pshita. Yeah, it's a pretty straightforward story. Why wouldn't we talk about it? Says Gemara, Interestingly, because we don't really know the whole story. And therefore, we're concerned about the kavod of Avram. Look at what people who lived with Avram are now doing. And people might come to ask on Avram's, his own, you know, his, his own impact. That he has on them. If you could have a nephew and great nieces that do such a thing, kamash and Therefore, the Torah lets us know that we're not concerned. You know, there's a just just to share in the the in the introduction we've said over the story. We'll say it quickly. Introduction to the ninth, uh, the the eighth chelak of Igris Meisha. So, uh, Rav Meisha Feinstein's responsa. There's a story in the introduction that when Rav Meisha was a young rub. In the early 1900s, he was a he had a, a he was a rav in a town in Russia, and there was a middle-aged Jew who was dying suddenly. His he was dying because his tongue was blowing up, and it was he he was barely getting oxygen. It was just growing suddenly. He was barely getting oxygen. He was gasping for breath, and he was dying. And they called the Chevra Kadisha to go in, and he asked to talk to the Rav. And this is what it says. And Ramesha went in there, and this man, gasping for air, tells Ramesha, I want to tell you why I'm dying. Because I had a dream. Because I had a dream that I'm going to die now, and here's, here's what's leading to my death. He's telling this as he's gasping for air. A few weeks before was the Parsha of Lod and his daughters, and he said he was sitting at his Shabbos table, and he was making fun of Lot's daughters how sick they are that they could have relations with a father and then name their children Amon and Moab, which means from my father. They're, so, they're like proud of it. Yeah? And he was telling people not to learn from such sick people and the, the whole thing. So he says, he said afterwards, a, a, a couple days afterwards, he had a dream and two very modest women came to him in a dream and they told him he's going to die. And they said, this is what it says, we're the daughters of Lot. We're Lot's daughters. And we want you to know that we're very modest women. After Sodom was destroyed, they thought that they literally were the last people alive. They thought the whole world, including Avram Avinu, they thought the whole world had been turned over and destroyed. Their mother had to turn. It was like, crazy times, like in the movies. Okay? So they decided that the same way Adam was allowed to marry Chava, who was literally from his own body, so if we're the last people alive, it must be a mitzvah for us to have relations with our father. But we were concerned. Because we're so modest, that later generations are going to say there's no way that we ever had relations with our father. And they're going to say that the pregnancy came from a god instead of a human. Because there's no way these two modest women would have had relations with their father. Sounds familiar? Yeah? Be impregnated by a god. So we purposely named our children Amon and Moab. So that later generations, nobody should start a, start a religion from our children, and they should know what we did. But because you publicly spoke Lashon Hara about us, you're going to die a death that comes through the tongue. And his dream ended. 
this is what he told Rav Moshe. He passed away like the, the next day. It's not, there's not a happy ending to this story. But this story is, this story is recorded in the introduction to Chelek uh, Ches. To All right, so listen, there's a lot more that went on behind the scenes by this incident. You know, you have Loth, you have his daughters. You know, the people are going to read it. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's not worth translating, says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. It's okay, you can translate it. Maisa Tamar Yehuda Nikramatagim, the story of Tamar and Yehuda. Nikra, <coughs> we read it, Umatagim, and we translate. Says Gemara Pshita, why not? Mautim, Yehuda. I would have thought maybe we should be concerned about Yehuda's honor. Listen to this. Kamash Molan, the Chiddush here is Yehuda slept with his daughter in law. Oh, so maybe it's a disgrace for the king of the Jewish people, says the Gemara. No, just the opposite. Shvachehu. It is the greatest praise. This story became the greatest praise for Yehuda to Ode because he admitted to what he did. You can slip. We all do. You can do an Avera. We all do. But what's a sign of greatness? When you man up. You step up. You're like, okay, that's it. I know I did it. Do tshuva. Pull myself back together. I'm back on board. You know why we read the story of Yehuda and Tamar? Because it is not embarrassing for Yehuda. It is actually the greatest praise for Yehuda. It's not about what he did at that time. It's what he did afterwards. When he stepped up. There's no way you're not going to translate that story. There's an important message to be learned from Yehuda. <laughs> the story of the first <coughs> of the first Egal Nikramatagim. We read in Chances Mar Pshita. Of course, Mount Abel Dehuda Shal Yisrael. Concern of Klaus Yisrael. Kamash Malon, Koshkin, the Nechalu, the Haviolei Kapara. Yeah? No, just the opposite. Again, you know what? It's a Kapara. <coughs> it's a Kapara. You do Chuva. It's an atonement. For when people sin, here's even a, the next step after Yehuda. Yehuda himself did, did tshuva. Over here, it's, it's a productive thing for Kal Yisrael when later generations become aware that the earlier generations also sin. And by the way, there's Rishonim that say that the Chet Egel, Hashem kind of wanted it to happen. I've seen this. Why does Hashem want it to happen? So no later generation can ever say We've fallen too far to be in a relationship with Hashem. There's no generation that's ever gotten further. You have the entire Kal Yisrael turning to Abu Dazara. Everybody's held accountable. Never in history has it ever happened again. How do we know that Hashem's never going to turn away from us? Because if He didn't turn away from us then, He ain't never doing it now. Because we've, we've, it's not, it's not going to happen. The curses and the blessings are read and translated. Why not? I would say, listen, you talk about the curses, people are going to get a little depressed. They're going to be, they're going to be saddened when they speak about the consequences that come about when we don't follow through in our relationship. Kamash Malan, the Mishnah lets us, therefore, yeah, the Halacha lets us know. No, translate it. I people are going to feel bad. They're going to... Uh, doesn't matter. David Rich sent me a clip from uh, Rav Moshe Weinberger. He has um, Shlita. I don't know if he sent it uh, to Isaac also. It's a great <laughs> historical clip. We shared it, but it's Mamish Fitz right here. It says there's three, three Yidden, a, a, a Breslover, a Litvak, a, a Breslover, a Litvak, and a Chabatsker. They go up to Gehenna. <coughs> they come to Shemayim. Hashem sends them all downstairs. He sent this to you? Hysterical joke. Right, you go. You, get, you heard it. Okay. He sends them all downstairs. They're all go, they're all so they're sitting in Gehenna. They're sitting in hell. Three in. A few minutes later, Rav Nachman of Breslov comes in. He looks at the Breslover, he points to him, he says, Get over here. And he he says to him, he says, You came to Uman on Rosh Hashanah, you said Tikkun Klali, you did whatever, you visited my cavalry, you did whatever you had to do. He grabs him by his payas, yanks him, yanks him out of Gehenna, and brings him to Elam Haba, brings him into Ganeid. Okay? The Chabadskar and the Litvak are sitting there. A few minutes later, the Lubavitcher Rebbe walks in. And he looks at the Lubavitcher and he says, You did your shlichus good in Vietnam. You. You know, you said uh, your Tehillim, your Chumash, yeah. you did whatever you're supposed to do. He yanks it, he grabs him by the beard, pulls him out again. Okay. 
few minutes later, the Litvaks Rosh Hashiva walks in. And he looks at him and he says, I warned you. <laughs> I warned you. What happens? The guy's in yeshiva. What are the yeshivas telling them? That's, if you don't do good, you're going to go to Gehenim. You know, that's, that's like the message. You're going to go to... Right, that's it. Yeah. Meanwhile, all the the chesidish rebbes are telling the are telling their ilam, don't worry, we got you. We'll take care of you. You do this, you do that. So she was like, I warned you. You know. So what's the idea here? We're concerned. obviously Hashem's not this big bad monster in Shemayim who wants a person who wants a person to go to Gehenna. But listen, there there's there there are consequences for our actions. So we might think, listen, people, the tarot is spaceder. People could know. People could be mature enough to understand that, yeah, of course, our goal is, and every yid ultimately ends up in Elam Haba. No one's there forever, more than 11 months, so on and so forth. And hopefully, we all have a, we, we all earn a high place in Elam Haba. But it's important to know that that's something that needs to be earned. As Haras warnings and punishments are read and translated. Pshita, simple, says, People are going to come and serve Hashem out of fear, which is not good. You're not supposed to serve Hashem out of fear. You're supposed to serve Hashem out of Abba, out of love. Says Gemara, Kamash Malon, lets us know that still we translate it. All right, we have to move along over here. We're a little behind. Let's, let's keep going. The story of Amun and Tamar is read and translated. And the story of Avshalom as well, where Avshalom had relations with some of David, who was his father's wives. Also, Nikromatagmi says Gemara Pshita, of course, why would why not? Answer the Gemara Maudutema. I would have thought to say Lechosh Likari to David. I would have thought about I would be concerned about David Amalech's Kavod. Kamash Malan therefore lets us know that it's okay. You know, even though it's talking about his family, his wife, his you know, one of his one of his Tilagshim and, and his son, it's okay. We 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 read about these things. Maisa Pilagesh Begiva, Nikromatagh, the story of the Pilagesh Begiva, the very unfortunate incident. That took place with Sheva Pinyamin, where they they uh, raped uh, this this woman, um, and ultimately she ended up dying, and it turned into a whole civil war. Nikra Metagim, you read it and translate it. It says a whole Sheva and Kali Yisrael. Says no, no, no. There's a message here. You got to read it. Kamash Malan, we read it. Is going to make known Tayaveha, those who create a Tayeva, like we said, right? It's not Tayeva, it's a Tayeva, it's an abomination. Nikro Metargim, it's read and translated. Pshita, why not? Says Because Rabbi Lezer actually argues on this. This is coming to exclude Rabbi Lezer's opinion. The Tani we learned in Abraiza, the story with a person. Because he was reading the Psukim. In front of Rebbe Eliezer of Haidas Yushlaim is Tayaveseha. Yushlaim makes known all of the disgusting things that happen. Amar Lai, Rebbe Eliezer says, Ad Atta Baidek Betayavais Yerushalayim. What are you focusing on the negative things that take place in Yerushalayim? Tseyu Badaik Betayavas Ima. You want it, you, you speak negatively about somebody else. Let me tell you something. The ones who are out there talking uh, negatively about everybody else, you yourself have a problem. You must, if you're so obsessed, to talk about Yerushalayim, things that go on in Yerushalayim, the negative things, you must have issues in your own life. Yitaka found out that he came from one of these types of forbidden relationships, and he, he himself was involved in, in forbidden relationships, which is an important message as well, that when things take place, unfortunately, the ones who get a little too excited to publicize all the information very often, it's because they're, uh, they're connected with it as well. The Elu Nikram Velaymetagim. And the following psukim are read without translating. Rabdan Simran. Okay. Maisu Ruvain Nikram We said the story of Ruvain, when the Pasuk seems to imply he laid with Bila, right? Is read but not translated. Story of Rabbi Chanina Ben Gamil who went to Kabul. And the Gabbai of the Shul was reading, and it came, Bishchon Yisrael, when Klal Yisrael was dwelling. Okay, that's, that's the Pasuk where it says, Ruvain went, and he laid down with Bila, and Yaakov Avinu heard. Okay? And Vyomar laid the Maturgaman, and Rabbi Chanina said to the Maturgaman, Al-Tatargei Mala 
only translate the last pasuk. They should cool kachamim, and achamim agreed with them. They praised them for only translating the last pasuk because this is a part of the Torah. It's not going to you're not going to have proper justice done to translate those earlier psukim. It's going to come to misinterpretation and a disgrace for Reuven, and therefore understand it later. It's not the time for translate for, for translating it in short. Okay. The story of the of the of the egel, the second time it's, it's not right now. There weren't two egel, but the second time we talk about the avera of the egel, so that we read what we don't translate. When is at what point is it called? The second time that we're mentioning the chet egel, min vayamer meisha ad vayar meisha from um, uh, from the pasuk of when meisha said. <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> until the pasuk of. And Maisha saw, meaning Tani learned the Rabbi of Shimon Allah Zraimer, La Ilam Ayadam Zarbichubaisa. A person should be very careful with how he with how he responds. Shemitoch Chuva Shashiva Aaron the Moshe, because of the response that Aaron gave Moshe, Pakru Hamaar Arim, the the um um the Irurim, those who create problems kind of um set their feet. It gave them stability in their claim from what Aaron said to Moshe. How so? Shenemar, because Aaron said, I threw the gold into the fire. He explained to Moshe how the eagle came about. I threw it into the fire. And this eagle, this calf came out. Now people started interpreting it to mean the calf caused itself to come out as if there was other powers besides for the Rabbani Shalom, besides for Hashem. So you learn from here how careful and specific a person needs to be with their words that it's because of this Pasuk we can't have it just translated in Shul. Because otherwise people are going to take this information and run with it in the wrong direction. We read, but we don't be Mitagim. We don't translate. My time was reason. Mishum Dechsev Yisa. says Hashem turns towards you, as if there's some sort of bribery that Hashem has, when we know Hashem ultimately is a God of perfection. We don't read as a Haftorah, nor do we translate. It says, If you look at the, the, the Mishnah on Amad Aleph, the Mishnah says that clearly it's read, um, and it's read and translated. Well, make up your mind. Do you read it or not? Answer the Gemara, there's no question. Amnon ben David. When the Pasuk says Amnon the son of David, that we do not uh, translate Hadaksiv Amnon someone. Talks about Amnon himself, and we're not getting David and Malak involved, that's when we do get into the translation. Tan Rabbah the Rabbis learn so should we. Call Hamikrai Lignai. Any Pasuk that's written in the Torah Lignai, meaning it's it's really meant negative, Korono Solishvach. It should be read as a praise. Okay? It should be read as a praise. Just to explain. Just to explain before we even get into the examples. We know when we go through shots, it says, you know, um, it should be death to the Soneim Shal Yisrael, the enemies of Kal Yisrael. Whenever the Gemara says, this is terrible for the enemies of Kal Yisrael, who does it really mean? Kal Yisrael. It means the Jewish people. But we don't want to write that. So we change it to the enemies of Klal Yisrael, but it's really meant to be meant Klal Yisrael, okay? So that's what, that's what the Bryce is saying. Whenever something is said negative, we should read it in a positive way. People will still understand the, the message. Now let's get into this. Keep going. For example, Yishgalena, if the Pasuk ever says Yishgalena, okay, which means you have a woman who's married and somebody else has relations with her, so we change it to Yishgalena. Somebody else lies with her. Bapayalim, if the word is Bapayalim, Batchairim, we change it to Batchairim. Okay, this is talking about the, um, the um, rear of a person, the backside of a person. So that is Bapayalim, having uh, that type of, of relation. So we change it to Batchairim. It's more of an uh, easier type of word. Chiryainim, whenever the word is meant to be Chiryainim, we change it to, <coughs> we change it to Deryainim. Um, which is more of a flow instead of an expression of excrement. Okay? 
So again, over here we're, we're getting into as well kind of like a more of a refined type of speech. It says that they would eat their and drink their okay, the, their waters, their urine. To eat their their excrement, to drink their urine, the Maicharais, when if it ever says the Maicharais, you change it, the Maitsais, things that come out of them. Um Rabbiuda Ben Karcha Aimer, Rabbiuda Ben Karcha says, Lemechairais Kishman. The word Lemechairais, you can read it. Kishman, it's like its name. Why is it called Lemechairais? It's it's really referring to that Pasuk that says Mechairais is is referring to Aibde Kechavim. And there are times where you do use that you know, there are times where it could be appropriate for severity to use that word. Okay. The Gemara here is, is letting us know the importance of, you know, even if it's like, what, what do, what's the difference? If people are going to get the message anyway, what's the difference? What word I use? Why should I use a lighter word? Right? Why should I use a lighter word? It's letting us know there's a, re, there, there's a way that a Jew talks. There's a way that a Jew talks, and it, it, should, be, it should be limited. And it should be in a more uh, refined way, unless it's completely necessary. If it's completely necessary, okay, right? Amr of Nachman. Rav Nachman says, Kol asira. All sorts of mockery and scorn is forbidden. Except when you mock and scorn idol worship. The Sharia, there is permitted. Baal, which is an Abu Dazara, um, is on its knees. Kairis Nevoi, and Nevoi splashes. Okay, meaning, you know, people go to the bathroom on these Avodah Zaras, and these Avodah Zaras look like they're, they're crouching, like they're, they have to go to the bathroom. Karsu Yachtov, and they, you know, they, they, they get wet, and they're on their knees together, and they can't carry over any sort of burden. Eh, they can't control their bowels. These are all expressions of, oh, Avodah Zara, like, away with them. Rabbi Yomar Meach says another proof. From the Agalais, the young calves of Beis Oven, Yaguru with dwells, Shchan Shomron. Those, or they're afraid, those who live in Shomron. What does that mean? People are going to have uh, all sorts, they're going to be so sad over it. And all their their priests were happy. Al kvodo gila ki galumi menu on the honor that left from it. Al tikrei kvodo, don't read its glory. Ella kvedo, you know the the disgusting stuff that it uh, that it carried that it had to carry through this Abu Dzar. Amr Rav Huna bar Menayach mishmeid Rav Acha braid Ravika. Huna bar Menayach said the name of Rav Acha. He said the name of Ravika. Shari leila bar Yisrael. It is allowed for a Jew lememar leila avodas loobed kochavim. To say to somebody who worships idols, Shakle Lavodas Kochavim, take your God, take your Avodas Kochavim, Va'anche Bishin Tuf Shalo, and stick it into your Shin Tuf. Okay? The Shin Tuf is, is the behind. Take your Avodas Kochavim. Now, this is a pretty, this, a Jew talks like that. But you talk to, when you talk to Avodas Kochavim, you're allowed to start using these words. You say, take your thing and get it out of here. Right? Put it in your Shin Tuf. Amar Ravashi, Ravashi says, a person who doesn't have a good name. Rashi says he's known to be loose, sleep, you know, sleeps around with, with uh, women. So this person, you know what he's doing? He's publicly making fun of holy relationships. Publicly making fun. Like, yeah, faithfulness doesn't matter. And he's going around the whole community just sleeping with whoever he wants, doing whatever he wants publicly. So Shari Lelevazuye Megibel Shin, you're allowed to embarrass him with Gimel Shin. Okay? What does it mean, Gimel Shin? You're basically you're allowed to call him names, you're allowed to say you 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 son of a nobody. Son of a nobody. Okay. Haiman de Shapir Shumone, a person who has a good name, Shari Lishabuche. The same way. When, person, when people have a bad reputation publicly and they go around, eh, you let it talk negatively. I love how the parak ends off with this. Kabachaymer, how much more so? 
when somebody who doesn't have a reputation like this, should we go around singing their praises? Ah, Rabbi Isaac. Ah, Rabbi Yale. Ah, beautiful people. What's Halaga people? They go around living like Yidin, doing the right thing, trying their best to be Abde Hashem, permitted to praise Him. What are you permitted? No, you go around, there's Meredith. You go, you, you talk about talk about the good things, all the good people that people are doing. Uman Shabchei, and a person who makes it a point, even though it's permitted, to speak negatively when you see these things going on, the bad things going on. But a person who makes it a point to speak positively when they see good things happening, good things happening, oh, will receive a brucha iftan as they say, will receive brachas on their head. People who go around, they see, they, they, they notice the good things, they know that, ah, that's somebody who you know is a good person and the Rabbani Shalom is happy with. Hadron Allah Kari Aymed. Hadron Allah Kari Aymed. Hadron Allah Kari Aymed. We'll return to you, Kari Aymed. Tomorrow, on Erev Shabbos, Friday, we will pick up from the new Perak Agut in Erev Shabbos.